Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about two paths to flow. Patricio came to me with a worry. He'd been holding this worry in the back of his mind a long time, but a recent incident pushed it forward. I'd originally met Patricio when he was on the leadership team at a company where I facilitated a series of learning sessions. He was a short-term CFO, parachuting into different companies every three to five years. The first time I showed up at his company, he was still in his first 90 days. He and I had connected over being the new kids. Watching Patricio get to know his colleagues was very positive. He seemed a friendly straight shooter, smart, fair-minded, with strong people skills. When he reached out to me now, I was curious to hear what worry was on his mind. He said, I've been on a series of interviews lately, and I'm worried I'm losing my touch. Your touch? I asked. What is your touch? He said, I've always approached interviews with the attitude that I was there to be of service to them. They've got an agenda, things they want to know. I show up with the aim of helping them get through their agenda. I asked, and it worked for you? Oh, yeah, he said. Connecting with people is where I find my flow. I've always been that way. I was the boy who could walk into a room, sense what was going on, and shift on a dime. Connecting with people where they're at has always been my go-to move. But not now, I asked. Well, I'm not sure. A couple opportunities disappeared recently. I thought I was going to go farther. Look, maybe that's just the natural up and down of things, but I'm wondering, am I lousing up my flow? Maybe I am. In what way, I asked. Well, I got to start by telling you why this has been on my mind in the first place. I'm a nice guy. That's the feedback I get. I am a nice guy. I don't know if you remember, but I'm an S on the disc. I'm the guy who wants everyone to get along. So I'm a really nice guy, and I will be honest with you, Tom. I think being a nice guy is a differentiator for me. Most CFOs aren't as people-oriented as I am, but that's the real me. I said, I see how you would stand out, Patricio. He said, so when things are flowing, when I'm connected with people, it's plain as day to me that you know this person wants to skip the chat or that person wants to dig into my history. It's no sweat. I'm there flowing along. But the question I've been mulling over for a long time is whether all this being of service, all this following their lead... Am I putting my light under a bushel? Am I sliding from being a nice guy to being a doormat? He gave a rueful smile, saying, I remember the very first time I noticed it. I was interviewing with this woman, nice woman. She'd scheduled us for an hour, and it was five minutes till when she asked what questions I had for her. And I remember this calculation that flashed through my brain faster than a finger snap. Yes, I have questions. No, we don't have time. So I'm going to be a nice guy and respect your calendar. And I told her, no, I didn't have any questions. But I did. And instead of asking them, I turned into Mr. Timekeeper. You know, I took good care of her calendar, but I completely silenced myself. That incident was the seed of all this, which brings me to this recent interview. What happened, I asked. I was interviewing at this company run by two brothers. Before they would meet me, they wanted me to meet their dad. He's the founder, but he is retired. So 
I am going to go talk with the dad for an hour before I meet anyone inside the business. And they're treating this like it's just something casual, but I'm thinking, this is one way they are taking a look at me, and that is fine with me, right? So I show up with my be-of-service antenna out, and this guy just wants to talk. I mean, you know, he started with hello and then talked for a solid 20 minutes. When I would try and bring it back to the interview, he wasn't interested. So I'm sitting there arguing in my head, the opposite of flow, right? I am arguing, am I going to allow myself to become invisible, doing my be of service thing? You know, this guy wants to talk, so I'll just become his audience? Or am I going to try and create a real connection with him and let him know a little bit about myself? And by the way, I was making myself completely crazy. At one point, I imagined that the whole thing was an elaborate test. Oh, man. I lost whatever flow I had. What did you do? I asked. I decided if I was going to make any connection with this guy, it was going to be as a listener. So I stopped trying to control everything, and I remembered that listening is active, not passive. So I sat up and listened, and it flowed better. Not great, but better. Wondering, I offered, so the worry you have in all this is whether sometimes by being a nice guy and letting others take the lead, are you perhaps hiding the real Patricio? Yeah, he answered. I am hoping you can answer that. I said, ooh, I've got an idea. I I don't know if it's an answer, but it might help you stay in your flow. Can Can I start by asking you a question? Sure, he said. You've been worrying whether you're showing up fully during these interviews, right? He said, right. So here's my question. How would you ever, ever, ever know if you showed up fully? How would you measure that? Without a pause, Patricio said, if I get asked back for the next round of interviews. I said, so you've only shown up fully when you're passed to the next gatepost. That's how you measure success, right? Right, he said. I recognize that thinking. I said, Patricio, I want to tell you about this idea of mine by telling you a story. May I? You bet, he said. This is the story I told him. Back when I was an actor, there were a group of eight of us who would get together once a month. You know, we were working actors. That means we had wild ups and downs, but through it all, we paid our mortgages, we paid our bills by working as actors in Hollywood. And the eight of us came together once a month to learn from each other and, when we could, help each other out. So one day I was talking about exactly what Patricio was talking about, doing better in interviews, except for me it was auditions, right? And as I am there wondering how could I get better, this woman sitting next to me, this wonderful actress named Linda Carlson, Linda interrupted me and she said, Tom, how do you know if an audition is a success? And just like Patricio, I said, if I get the job. She reached out, she put her hand over mine and she said, but you can't control that. There are a million reasons you might not get that job, and not one of them is in your control. So by your measure, winning or losing is totally in their hands. That's a horrible, helpless feeling. And I asked, but what's the alternative? And she said, be present. The choice to be present in that room is the only thing I can actually control. 
So I am going to go into that room and be present with a vengeance. If the person reading the scene with me is a bag of bricks, I am going to stay present and not let that distract me. They could all be there looking at pictures of other actresses, and I would stay present. That's how I measure success. Was I present? I looked at Patricio and concluded, Linda's idea was that you find flow when you're present with yourself first. That mindfulness makes any connection you make with others deeper. He said, in that version, there are no expectations, right? There's no next interview. There's no getting the job. It's just being present in the moment. In my version, I'm being of service to get the quid pro quo. It's full of expectations. Mine's a future focused. I watched him think. He said, it's as if there are two different doors and they both lead to flow and they both work. One is my way find flow by focusing on others, connect with people, read the room, let it flow. And the other is your way, find the flow by focusing on yourself. Notice everything that's going on with you and flow with the trust that I will know what to do next. I like the sound of that. I ended my story to Patricio by telling him that I had gone into my very next audition with the sole intention of being present. And I got the gig. And I remember feeling like I had cracked a code, changing how I measured success to something I could control allowed me to flow in a whole new way. My batting average rose for several years after that. And Patricio had a similar experience at his next interview. He focused on being present and he got past to the next stage. He felt he'd added an arrow to his quiver that would help him target the look and sound of leadership. I'm guessing that when I say the word flow, it has meaning for you. It certainly has meaning for me. I only have two quotes up in my office, and one of them is from the book Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And the quote goes like this. The best moments of happiness usually occur when a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. That really inspires me. The idea of a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. Those best moments of happiness that he's describing there, that's what he calls flow. And I think we all know it, right? We suddenly look up from being totally absorbed and an hour's flown by, right? We are flowing. And I hope you know where to find flow in your life. I do not want to mess with that. But I wanted this episode to introduce an idea that might give a slight twist to the idea of flow. And here's the idea. I'm guessing you've had the experience of connecting in a conversation with someone, right? Or maybe in a small group, right? Where suddenly the time goes quickly, it's engaging. That is flow between people. What if, what if we all consciously chose to try and create more flow in more of our interactions more often? What if we tried to create those connections consciously in our conversations in our homes, in our one-on-one meetings, right? In our general meetings. What if flow with others was one measure of success? And 
I believe that we can improve our batting averages, right? One path to creating more flow is connecting with others, right? That's what Patricia was good at. So how might you move yourself down this path? Here's a tool. I think it sounds pretty simple. It, I, it hasn't been simple in my experience, but here, try it. Go into any conversation and hold the intention of repeating the conversation back later. Assign yourself the task of, after the conversation's over, accurately reporting as much of the conversation as you can remember. Now, I think if you try that tomorrow, I think you might find it incredibly distracting. But, but here's what I know. If you turn on that part of your brain repeatedly, if you give it exercise, it will get stronger. You will find yourself remembering certain things with great clarity. And what I have found for myself is that when I can listen that way, and I can't always, but when I can, oh my goodness, things flow so much more easily. That works for me. But listening is only one way, right? Think about Patricio. Patricio connected with people by matching them, right? That was a big strength of his, right? He could read a room. He could shift on a dime, right? Those are his connecting skills. And what about you? What are your connecting skills? Do you know? Connecting with others is what this first path is all about. But what you ask is the second path. What about the path of being present? Is it the same as flow? Is it different? Right? Where does it come in? I will answer all those questions right after this month's gratitude. Gratitude, again, this month to all of you who are accessing the tool bin and downloading the PDFs. If you haven't seen them, just so you know what we're talking about here, these are like one or two page infographics that support ideas from various episodes over the years. These are teaching tools. They're PDFs. So go help yourself. This month, we've put up an old favorite, the trust equation. I have really always loved the trust equation, and I've always loved the book that it came from, this book called The Trusted Advisor. Uh, it has a great backstory. The, the Trusted Advisor was written by three partners at a consulting firm who were watching their new hires blunder through client relationships. And the three partners wrote this book like a manual to say, no, look, this is how you become a trusted advisor. Do these things. Here's what to do and here's why. And the book is full of these just wonderful lists of behaviors. In fact, one behavior that I read on one of those lists has changed me forever. It was just one bullet point, and it was on a long list of effective behaviors, and it said is comfortable with silence. And I knew I wasn't. And I knew I wanted to be. And so I began working on that. And I continue working on being comfortable with silence to this day. And I've gotten lots better at it. And it has changed me. And I say thank you to the trusted advisor. I got it from that book. So there you go. That was a long digression to say there's a PDF on the Essential Communications website with the trust equation. The Essential Communications website is EssentialCom.com. It's EssentialCom with two M's.com. And the PDFs are in the tools bin, so help yourself. All right. This month, thank you to those who reached out to talk with me about coaching. What a pleasure. It's so great to hear from you. Thank you. It's so great to hear your stories. 
And thank you with so much gratitude to the people who post reviews. Posting a review is like a commitment, right? You have to really make an effort. So thank you. I, it just makes such a big difference. I'm also honored by what you write. This month, thank you goes out to Mexico, Anton Kral. It's nice to be in touch with you, Anton. From here in the U.S., Jaquita Ida, G.A. New, Leadership Ninja, and M. Lemon 626. Thank you, Maura. You put a smile on my face. Thank you to all of you. All of you. Thank you so much. So what about the path of being present? I want to share a thought with you about it. It's a story. I used to be rageful. It didn't happen often, but when it happened, I was a danger to myself and others. You've heard the phrase, blinded by rage, right? That was me. I could not see what I was doing. It was as if I had been taken over by a fury monster, and it scared the crap out of me. I did not want to be that way. Whatever fuse that circuit was connected to, I wanted to disconnect that. When I could be present with myself, I was able to notice when my anger was on the runway that leads to rage. When I could be present with myself, I knew that if I kept going, I was going to be in trouble. And I learned to stop. Go no further. I had to be present with myself to do that. And by the way, being present also told me I wasn't really disconnected from the source yet. I kept working. I kept going earlier and earlier on the runway when the anger was smaller and smaller. How early could I notice that I was even on the runway? I would notice my feelings. Uh Uh-oh, I can feel myself getting angry. That's being present. And what it taught me over time was that my rage started as this tiny little fire ignited in my gut. And when I could be present and recognize that fire before it spread, I gained so much time to make good choices. Being present with myself, being aware of my feelings, being aware of the feelings of others, choosing my behavior, oh, it changed my life. I have not had a rageful incident in decades, and I don't think I ever will again. This second path to flow is about connecting with yourself, right? Being present. The first path is connecting with others. Both of them come down to self-awareness and self-management, right? I mean, that's what I'm always talking about, right? I hope that I've stirred your pot a bit with these stories about flow, about speaking up or being invisible, about managing strong emotions. (laughs) I would love to know what you think. If you are eager to dig deeper... Five episodes you might listen to are Eliminating Distractions, Focus in the Face of Distractions, Self-Knowledge as Leadership, The Focused Executive, and The Mindful Executive. Links are in the show notes, along with a link to the book, Flow. You might be interested. I like that book. Okay, that's it from me. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>